Carden. Blair. Episode 41, buddy. Let's roll. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. I, you know what? I got super pumped after our last um, conversation that we had, of course, because it was about, the about nerd running. episode about running. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been, I've been even more nerding out to a, a, a much more extreme degree. I've updated my training plans wow. um, and, and done many different things. Look, I actually reached out to um, an, an individual. I shouldn't say I reached out, but it was a, a friend that allowed me to use his cabin that does these long runs. And I think I've signed up with him to do basically a 51-mile run through Glacier Park next year. Wow. Now that's yeah. a that's a commitment, man. A commitment. I know. I know. It's I guess it has an overnight, so it's you know, it's over the course of two days. Um but fifty one miles, yeah, all the way through Great Glacier. I think he's he's figuring out the trek as we speak, so we don't exactly know the trails or anything yet. But yeah, that's uh um <laughs> it's gonna happen, I guess. That's my introduction into ultras. Wow. Now, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know anything about it. I will say one thing in, in kind of preparation. Um, I do know that flatland runners that all of a sudden go to running inclines can have a lot of Achilles problems and calf problems. So make sure to acclimate yourself to running hills. That's awesome that you said that because yes, I have now, um, I've got plenty of hills around here that are kind of slow rolling, but we'll also be getting, uh, the other nerd out part is a new pair of, uh, trail running shoes. So that nice. I'll be making sure that I'm doing lots of uphills and you know what the uphills are okay on me. It's the downhills on the knees that I got to really yeah. learn my, uh, my uh, stride and, and cadence and things like that to protect myself from that. Yep. And a, and a little, little tip on that too is um, there, there's a technique for absorbing the impact with your hips instead of your knees. So you might want to look at that a little bit um, because you're, you're exactly right. Downhill and running puts a lot of um, stress on that patellar tendon and the kneecap and all that. So especially when you're tired, when you're yeah. tired and you start to kind of run stiff, you know, and you're not bending your hips and stuff. So, um, but that's awesome, buddy. That's, I mean, and you know, the nice thing is like we were talking about, that gives you something really cool to focus on and work towards. Oh yeah. It's, it's going to change my whole, my whole plan for the next, well, you do for the next year until it, it, it comes around and I've got some larger, like I, there's an 18 miler don't fence me in run that I'll be doing in preparation and some other runs and things like that. So yeah, it's, Kind of came well, out of the blue, but after we had the talk, I was I just got all fired up and was like, "Okay, let's do this." So. Well, I'll be very, I'll be very interested to hear the the path because I mean that's I mean Glacier has tons of trails and stuff, yeah. but um, I mean fifty. Would you say fifty two miles? I think it'll end up being right around fifty plus. Wow. Yeah. Well, my hands and off I will have buddy. my bear spray. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, how many, now how many people are going to do this? Is this a group or is it just you and this other uh, guy? I think it's uh, possibly three of us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Possibly three of us. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I'll drum up some more business and get uh, a few more. I I feel like numbers is always better. So three is a good number because pacing wise, you don't feel like you're, if you know, if somebody falls back three numbers, you can kind of stick with the pace. Because uh, of course you want to stay together, but uh, once you get higher, you got to worry about making sure that everybody's kind of together-ish. So, yeah, I, so I don't know. You know what? I'm I'm gonna be a a follower for this one. I'm not gonna put in a lot of preparation except from physically for like getting everything done. I'm just gonna show up on the day and hopefully in good enough shape to make it. That's my plan. Yeah. Well, good for you. I mean, that's great. I yeah. you know, and I I really I loved um, 
you know, having things to work towards and, you know, a specific event or, you know, whether maybe it was a concert or something, but I mean, it, there's just something about having that kind of finish line where, you know, you're working toward, as opposed to something open-ended, like, you know, if you're going to practice guitar and you don't really have a time that you're going to use it, you just want to get better. Yeah. But, you know, having kind of that, that carrot, so to speak at the end, I think is really motivational. Yeah, certainly. In fact, you, you brought up, um, guitar and we had talked about you know that would be one of the things i'd love to be awesome at and that was that was the time when i so i played a few shows when i was in college and those times that i played was when i was getting the best at guitar that i've ever been and exactly like you said just having something to prepare for well and you you want you know i mean i i guess in in our case from the way it sounds you you want to shine you know you want to be proud yeah. and happy yeah, about your exactly. performance not going god dang it man why didn't yeah, i practice I blew it i, I messed it up in the in the <laughs> the record producer was in the in the crowd uh, i have my one shot i didn't get it yeah exactly <laughs> No. Well, um, well, that's awesome. I'm really, I'm really happy for you. And I'll, and actually it'll be interesting to hear, um, how your train's going. So you'll, you'll have to give us little blurbs here and there about yeah, your training. And Intermittent and updates and, and long runs and, yep. and things like that. And really with the run like that, you got to look at the whole thing. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be yep. <laughs> strength training, the whole deal. Limit. Yep. Uh, yep. I got a whole new strength training that I'm doing that I actually implemented. And, and you have a treadmill, correct? I do. Yep. Have a, have a treadmill. Mm-hmm. So, so a guy I, uh, I worked with for a little bit when I was uh, a physiologist in North Dakota, he was a, uh, well, he was a world-class hunter. I mean, I know you go, how do you're world-class? The guy went all over the world hunting oh, yeah. and he came in and we were designing a program for him. Uh, he was going to go um, sheep hunting up in Alaska, and he was going to oh, be in elevations 14, yeah. 15,000 feet. Yeah. And uh, we ended up, the, the best program we came up with, um, especially in the winter, um, he did a lot of treadmill with, and we took a we took a sandbag and would gradually um, add yeah. to, well, it was actually a big backpack. Yeah. We took a bag of sand and would gradually add weight. Yeah. As he went, because he had to pack, right? He, you know, right. he's not just. But his biggest concern is that what we already talked about was his calves, um, his Achilles, yep. Yep. Um, because that grade wears on you, especially if you're not used to it. So, yep. and slowly um, putting your grade up. And I, 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 you know, contend anybody out there that feels like they're in good physical shape to get on the treadmill and try to do a half an hour at a twelve percent. Oh, uh, just yeah. walking. you know what I mean because it'll it smokes you fast yeah so fast well I can say he did that he trained for four or five months and he said that it was um he was so glad he did it was still it was still a lot of work but he said if he hadn't have really pushed himself he would it would have killed him because they because you know with hunting or anything like that you don't know how long you're going to be up there you don't know how many miles you're going to log I mean you you know you you go and look for you know whatever it is you're doing and like in your case 52 or 51 miles that's a lot that's a long way. Such a long way. Yeah, it's such a long wow. way. I thought 26 was long when I thought of marathon. And I was like, man, I'll never be able to do this. So well, I don't know. Yeah, so right. I'll, I'll definitely update on training and stuff. But the perfect Good. segue, talking about all the, the nerd out stuff, I got the chance to just kind of riff on running, which I, I felt like I could have felt up hours on, but sure. never gave you the opportunity. So now for, no. for basically nerd out episode two, um, let's talk your nerd out. Okay, let's. Uh, okay, so I my nerd out is inventing. Yep, inventing. That's Sorry. awesome. And 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 how I I I, <laughs> I got 
so many questions right away. But uh, um, when did this become like a, a, a nerd out thing? When did you start inventing? Okay. Well, the thing is, here's my first, first of all, this is something somebody told me one time and I thought it was very, very spot on. Um, he said, you know, there's a big difference between an inventor and somebody who invents something. Okay. He said an inventor can invent things over and over and over. And anybody can invent something once, right? You just get an idea, you see something that's needed, but the ability to do it over and over and over, that's what kind of makes an inventor, right? Um, And so I started, you know, kind of inventing, and and all inventing is, is problem solving, right? Yeah. Um, You got a problem, you find us, you find a, maybe a novel solution. Um, And I started doing it when I was a kid, truly. Um, I've told you the story about the snake light, right? Yep, I remember um, that. Yep. You know, that, that's when I designed that pen light on a, an oil spout. Um, and I did stuff all the time. I, I actually, okay, this is a true story. I invented extensions for ladders. Um, and they make them now, and they've made them for a long time. But, but when I was a kid, we were painting a barn um, for this guy that this rancher that I worked for. Right. And it was a big barn, you know, like the, the big old fashioned barn. So you're, yeah. you're 24 feet up on an extension ladder on the other extension. And so when you're up there, you didn't want to climb all the way down and move it over two feet. You'd always be leaning and, you know, and that ladder would <laughs> yes. want to tip, you know, so, yes. so yes. I, I actually invented things that go through the ladder and bend it in a 90 and it stabilized the ladder. Okay. Well, they've made those for years, but they weren't around when I did that. And I remember the rancher going, you know, that's a really good idea. But I was, you know, I was 19. I, okay, it's not wait, like you got, I was. you got to describe that better to me because I'm trying to picture that in my head and I can't picture it. Okay. The rungs on a ladder are yep. hollow. Yep. Okay. So yep. I took um, two pieces of metal, one telescoped inside the other, yep. and they were both in a 90. So they would come out from inside the ladder and they would, they would, um, make a 90 bend and they would lean against the, the barn. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Well, that stabilizes. So if I lean over to my right side, that big arm is coming out and it stabilizes the ladder so it doesn't twist on you. Okay. So it's not wanting to twist and fall off to the side. Okay. Now right. I, I, now so I So it wouldn't it throw you off the ladder. And that That's happens it. a lot. I mean, if, if you yeah. f- falling is like, I think the third leading accidental death in the United States. Um, so anyway, so that was just another, you know, it's just a problem. I, I didn't want to kill myself, but I was too lazy to get down and move the ladder over two feet. Right, so I wanted right. to stretch out yeah. as much as I could, you know. Of course. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, and, and when I was a kid, gosh, I used, to, I used to make stuff all the time. I would, I would design, you know, um, guns, you know, to play guns. Even when I was a little kid, I would just find whatever stuff, pipes and bolts and stuff and just, and just yeah. create, you know. Um, so, so that, that was something early on as a kid. Um, and I really didn't do it, you know, really do it until, um, I was, a, a, a I was a exercise physiology guy at a hospital. I was the director of sports medicine at a hospital and I worked with athletes. Um, and sprained ankles are probably, I think still are probably the number one most common injury with athletes. 
especially okay. um, f- field athletes. Yeah. And so you see them a lot, right? And and at the time, you know, there was a couple of, of signature kind of rehab protocols. There was what they called the BAPS board, which is a balance board and stuff. And, you know, there was a couple of things out there, but I felt like, you know, when I was rehabbing these kids and, and these athletes, I'm like, you know, it would be really nice if you had more control over this or that. And so anyway, and talk about nerd out. I really, really analyzed the the ankle, the whole joint, um, all the muscles involved, and I created what was called the CAT board. And CAT was an, ac- an acronym for Cons- Comprehensive Ankle Trainer, the CAT board. Okay, now take us through. You said you created it, but I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm really intrigued. Uh, okay, so I understand the nerd out part about the ankle, right? So mm-hmm. you, you get all of that. So what is the next step? Are you visualizing how this looks in your mind, and then you're putting it down, or yep. how does this? How does how are you actually completing this process? Okay, with me personally, I'm the kind of guy that I can I can visually see things in my head. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know that some people would say, "Well, everybody can do that," but really, no, they can't. And a lot of people need to see it. So what I would do is I would I would picture the ankle, and I would say, have a, a kid sitting there and watch his ankle and manipulate the ankle. And I'm picturing, okay, what we need to do is we need to apply resistance to all these mm-hmm. movements. Well, it's really mm-hmm. hard, you know, right? Um, so you have to figure out a way of applying resistance, and the, re- the resistance has to be adjustable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got to allow a full range of motion. So so you just, you really, you nerd out about the, the range of motion and the whole biomechanics of the ankle. And um, lo and behold, through, I don't know, a couple of months, I came up with the cat board. Um, and it, it's, kind of, it's kind of complicated to try to explain, but basically through a series of tubes and attachments and a, a plastic foot sole that was strapped onto the bottom of your shoe, you could basically articulate and kind of dissect every movement of the ankle. And you could apply one, two, or even three lines of resistance to any movement that you wanted to. Um, so, and it was, it was actually at the time, it was the first bi-directional resistance ankle exercise that there was. So I I came up with the idea. We worked on the proof of concept. And when you say we, there was a a manufacturing place in, in the, the town where I was at, and they had access to a CNC water jet cutter, which at that time was very rare. So I was very fortunate to have it. And we used that to cut the plastic out. Okay. Um, and then I routed them and just hand finished all the rest. And so we finally got a proof of concept, um, took it around, showed some sports medicine people that I knew, some physical therapists, some doctors. Um, people loved it. And they said, yep, this is really cool. So my first big show was I went to the National Athletic Trainer Association meeting in Kansas City. Um, how do you even get, is this something that you register for and every, yep. everybody's given table or do you actually have to send in your, your prototype and they have to look at it? No, uh, no, no, it is. It, it wasn't that hard. You, you, you basically pay, you register, um, beforehand. They, they do want to know what you're going to be doing there and stuff, but it wasn't like a, you, you didn't have to go in front of a jury or anything to get juried in or anything. So, okay. um, it was expensive. I mean, you know, those shows, even at that time were, you know, two to 3000 bucks, a piece. Plus you had to get there. You had to fly there, um, haul your stuff down there. I mean, oh, it, it so was you're expensive. Paying, you're paying for a spot at the table. You're, in order yep. To get, you, gotcha. Okay. You've got a 10 by 10 booth and gotcha. that's it. And you have to rent tables and tablecloths and garbages and chairs, everything they charge you for. From it, them. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, gotcha. so, gotcha. so get down on my first show Yeah. and, um, 
and I got this ankle board and they, they came in different colors and they're, they're fairly big and they're plastic. The, the, you know, the, the board itself was probably three foot across by two and a half foot tall and it was thin, only like three quarters of an inch thick. Um, and then there was the, the foot sole that interacted with it. So, um, so nobody had ever seen these before. They were completely new and nobody had a clue of what they did. Right. But because, <laughs> because they were bright and plastic people and we had some good graphics, so I had some good posters and stuff made, um, it caught a lot of attention. So the first show went phenomenally. Um, we, I, I met several um, NFL guys. I met several NBA guys, some pro baseball, pro hockey, tons of colleges, tons of high schools. So my very first show, because ankle is such a, a predominant injury, it's just so common. Everybody struggles with ankle injuries, right, at yeah. every level. Right. Yeah. And so it went over really, really well. And I was just blown away. And I thought, all right, you know, this is going to be awesome. Well, that was the easy part. Okay. Um, then I got a lesson in manufacturing, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Fulfillment, um, you know, marketing, uh, all the business end, which I had very little to no experience in. Um, and it was, um, when you say you're bootstrapping a business, I mean, this was bootstrapped and it was like flying by the seat of your pants, you know, you know, white knuckle, um, cause orders just started coming in and we, oh, yes. we were not, yes. dude, I was, I was, I was still working full time at the hospital. Oh. Plus I, I was playing in a band. I was given drum lessons. I mean, I'm yeah. all this other stuff going on and all of a sudden. Oh, that sounds so, that just does not even seem like you. That's, I, I feel I know. like you would have been hyper-focused on one thing. Oh. Man, I bet there's some, some sleep, sleepless nights. Cause now you've got orders to fill. Yep. And you got to figure out how how am I going to get all these uh, built, basically. Well, right? and not only that, but now you got to understand, Carden, you got people calling you all the time. Right. I mean, you know, so so for every order you filled, you've got ten people calling to ask questions, and they want videos, and they want right. you know yeah. brochures and information. And then I started getting inundated with companies that wanted to carry the products, and then you had to work out contracts and negotiations with them. You know, your price points, and hey, how much you know, how much can we make off this thing, and all that. Right. Instantaneously, right. I, I yeah. dealt with zero. So I leave for Kansas City on say a Monday. That next Sunday, I was flooded, you know, and I was just, I'm like, holy shit, what have I done? You know, <laughs> and, and it was, it was too late to just, you know, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. So right, right, right. I, I'm like, oh my God. So I, I created an office in our living room um, and just, just went for it, you know, just started to, you know, returning calls. And you got to understand this was, this was, um, internet was there, but not, not a lot of people, email definitely, but not a lot of people were, you know, websites weren't like they are today and stuff. Right, so, right, so right. everything was, there was a lot of calls, um, a lot of calls. People just reached out via my, my phone and stuff. Um, so how did you even handle that? I mean, you're calling <laughs> after business hours then, right? Cause you're well, yeah. still have a full, full time yeah. job. And so yeah, exactly. <laughs> So it it was, you know, and I don't know. I don't, I, I use probably every excuse in the books like, oh, hey, I'm sorry, Mr. Call. I was, you know, <laughs> I was back in the factory checking on our, yeah, our numbers or products. whatever, you know, and yeah, yeah, I'm checking on our product line. Uh, actually, yeah. I was at my other job and uh, tonight when I get home in my garage, I'll go ahead and make your, your cat board. But yeah. um, so, so I guess to, to fast forward, so it took off really well. I networked out with some companies um, and they wanted, they, they liked that product and then they wanted, what else do you have? And 
that it was just like this floodgate of creativity opened, you know, you, because all of a sudden then I had this, you know, this place to kind of put all that creative energy and, and I felt like, Oh, so if this went over well, so that's the next problem is, um, I didn't focus. I should in hindsight, I should have focused on nothing but the catboard. Yeah. Okay. I should have, I should have made that my sole focus instead of assuming, Oh, the catboard's launched. Um, I should have focused on it 100% because within a year, I think I had seven or eight other products. Okay. Yikes. And now, are you, are you drawing on your experience in your full-time position at this point at the hospital? So most of it is geared towards rehabilitation and injury or where are these products coming from? Yeah, it, it was. Well, no, the thing was, um, it wasn't so much my job at the hospital. My job at the hospital gave me exposure right, to injuries and treatment right. and stuff. Yeah. But, but really what I found was um, the companies I would talk to says, hey, you know what we really need is we need something for shoulders or we need something for, you know, plantar fasciitis or do you have anything for knees? And, and yeah. so all of a sudden, you know, you got this, this outlet, you're going, wow, you know, there's all this demand for these different things. And because I had kind of a foothold in rehabilitation, I thought, well, I'll, I'll stay with this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but again, the, the mistake, the, the biggest mistake, I mean, I made a lot of mistakes, Cardin. I mean, I can look back on it and I'm gonna go, I, I can't even believe I did that. The, the, yeah. you know, for everything from I should have networked out with somebody else to take care of the business end of the business instead of, yeah. I tried to do everything. I did my videos. I built websites. I did um, video editing. Um, I hired a guy one time, paid him $1,500 to come do this video. I thought it sucked so bad. I just said, screw it. I bought the equipment and did it myself. You know, and that and that that's how that's my mindset. I'm like, this is this is freaking awful. You know, I'm right. not sending this out. This is terrible. I'm not sending it out, and I'm going to do it all completely myself too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would be up at three in the morning editing my films and stuff. You know, and yeah. and, and and because back then there was no YouTube. Now, hell, I just post it on YouTube. Done. Boom. Done. Right. Back then, I was I had to buy a double deck v, VCR, a VHS VCR, and and tape record VHS tapes. And there and there to people. <laughs> yeah. And there was no speed you know, copy, it was, you had to watch the whole thing, you know, in 40 minutes or 30 minutes at a oh, whack. Yikes. Yes. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to go on it, but it was a process. This whole thing was a process, right? And I was doing it all myself. And my wife was a full-time nurse and, you know, we had three little kids. So it wasn't like I was going to go, hey, Nikki, you know, why don't you put the kids to bed and let's go work till 3 a.m., you know, 3 a.m. <laughs> right. uh, and and, and right. quite honestly, I didn't mind it. I was high on life, man. I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to build, you know, the, the only thing I kept thinking is I was going to build this business empire, right? Yeah. I, I wanted to build this company and I, I pictured my kids working at it. I, I pictured, you know, generational you know, passed down where this, this company, whatever it was, um, yeah. was, you know, and that really was my goal. I wanted to build something that my kids could work into and things. Um, so, so the, the inventing part, um, back to that came easy. It really did. And, and this is where people say, have asked me, you know, thousands of times, like, how do you think of that? I don't know. You, it just, you, you start to analyze a problem and you, you your brain just kind of takes over. And I, that's just how I'm wired. Interesting. Did you, you know, um, did, did you have a business model? Did you have a, um, a name of your business beyond just the cat board? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my yes. first business name was cat strength, cat strength, cat strength. 
comprehensive ankle trainer strength. Now, okay. I don't okay. know why okay. I threw the word strength on there just because it, it sounded like, okay, yeah, strong, you know, and you're thinking you're working with athletes. They respect you want, you know, it, it was terrible. I, I was sitting there writing all these names down. I'm like, what the, you know, well, and it, cat it, strength it, doesn't necessarily, if, if you're a cat <laughs> strength company selling a cat board, <laughs> it kind of sounds like you're doing stuff for felines a yeah, little exactly. bit. I, I could do I like, a, like an ab. Could you imagine like selling an ab product for a, a cat, <laughs> like a little calico is on that thing. Yes. Hey, this is Blair from Cat Strength. Hey. Your cat well, so I, I can tell you one thing. I designed a ripping logo, man. It was awesome. I still actually, I still, a, a guy made me a wooden logo of the head. It was a, it was a cat kind of a, it was modeled after a panther, but it was exaggerated, kind of like a, a sports team would do. And oh, it was okay, a si- okay. side Almost profile like a of this cat. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I made sure I stuck that logo with everything and it had cat strength, right? And you know, funny as it sounds, nobody ever really questioned cats, you know? Right. Nobody well, ever gave they knew. me crap you know, about it. They knew it. the yeah. product. That helped, right? And so it, was it was C it was period, A period, T period, oh, okay, right? Okay. So they, they knew helps. it meant something. But right. um, so, so the inventing part was, that was the easy part. Um, and, and so from that, you know, uh, it, 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 it kind of, um, it, the business grew. Um, I invented more products and people liked the products. I mean, they really did. They were novel. And that was the one thing that, that my claim to fame was, is everything I developed was original, right? I, I didn't copy anybody's ideas. I didn't take and improve upon them. I, it was kind of like this, this prideful thing that I wanted to start from the ground up on these designs. So what um, were some of the other designs? You said, you know, you had a bunch. What, what else were you, did you come up with? Oh, geez. I had, um, sh- I had a couple different shoulder ones. We had one called the, the Power Tower, which is really actually, <laughs> I'm going to sound like I'm flattering myself, but it was, a lot of these were unique and they, they solved problems. And so the Power Tower was a, it was an adjustable tower with um, resistance tubes. Okay. And as, as mundane as that sounds now, they didn't have this back then. Right. And it was just a metal tower that fastened. So, and it had adjustable slides on it that you could move attachment points for resistance bands on it. So you could do rotator cuffs down, you drop it down, you could do hip stuff. You know, it was just, it was this tower, um, that was, that was geared towards, um, using various resistance bands. Right. And all the teams use, you know, resistance bands was the magic, you know, that was the magic formula, the the secret sauce. Um, because you can apply resistance at virtually any angle and any degree of, you know, you can go start light and increase it. Um, so, so all teams were using resistance bands. Um, so was this, was this a, a fitness Thing or was it a recovery? It thing? could be. It, actually, yeah, the, the power tower could have been. Um, okay. there, there was a couple shoulder ones. There was, um, there was uh, uh, the, the NX was an internal and external rotator uh, resistance device for the hips. Um, there, was, um, there was an insole um, that I actually I designed for a company. I didn't, I shouldn't say I invented it. It was a plantar fasciitis insole. And they asked me to come up with something. I gave it to them. They did not end up producing it. Um, but the prototype worked really cool. Uh, I mean, it worked. But, you know, the thing is, I didn't have the capability to go ahead and start manufacturing all these things. And, that, and right, that's why I said right. that the inventing was the easy part. Um, a couple different, I actually did a couple different um, ankle rehab devices uh, aside from the catboard. The catboard worked really well. Um, and mostly teams bought it. I actually sold a few to individuals. Um, I sold one to a professional uh, ballerina, 
Um, oh, she, really? Yeah. A friend of mine, a lady I met in Detroit was a physical therapist and she owned a clinic and she was an ex-dancer and she worked with pretty much specialized working with professional ballet people, men and women. Oh, wow. Interesting. And because they have a lot of ankle issues. They have hyperflexibility in their feet and ankles and, it, and later it, it can cause problems or even during their dance career. Um, and she loved my product. So, so we got to be actually good friends. And whenever, you know, she had somebody, you know, every clinic she worked at, they would buy my cat board and all the other things. And then she would send people to me individually. Um, to, to buy products. And, you know, so this lady was a world-class ballerina. You know, she was, I think she was actually from Russia. Um, but, and then I, I sold some to some professional football players outside of their teams. Yeah. Um, I got a call one time just out of the blue. I pick up the phone and this guy introduced himself and, and I said, yeah, what can I help you with? And he goes, well, I, I played defensive end for the Chicago Bears. And I'm like, oh, Okay. Go and he on. goes, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how'd you get my number? What do you yeah. want? You need yeah. some money? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so anyway, you know, and I, I'd never met him before. And, and, uh, he said, you know, I, I use your cat board and, um, I, I've injured my ankle and I'm, I'm home and I'm recuperating and I want to buy one for my house. So, so I ended up, you know, shipping him one because the one he'd used was at the team headquarters and stuff. Um, but, but, you know, that's, that's a cool experience. And then Alonzo Mourning, which I don't know if you remember him, he played for the Miami Heat. Yeah. He yeah, was a center, yeah. big guy. And we did, a, we did a customized one for him because his feet were so big. Um, we had, had to make to a special. A huge, yep. huge insert on those. Yeah. Well, yeah, we crazy. had to make a special, <laughs> a special shoe. The, the University of Georgia had a guy that was 7'4", and he had a size, I think it was a 22 or 24. They, they sent me the specs because we had to make a custom sh- uh, shoe for him to attach to the catboard, yeah. and it looked like a joke. When I put my foot in it, Carden, it looked like a joke. It looked like <laughs> there's no way this guy's foot's this big. Oh, and and yeah. just like that's incredible, um, uh, but we did. No wonder yeah. he had ankle injury, ankle stuff though. Right? Well, I mean, yeah, just foot. Those guys are so big. I mean, like Shaquille O'Neal and those guys. They they do have um, and running down that court. That's that's tough on a seven foot guy. And Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> yeah, was a sure. seven foot three hundred and thirty pound dude. Yeah. Um, but but no, I mean, and that part was awesome. You're going, you know, I'm working with these professional athletes. I have I have signed footballs from Ricky Williams and Junior Seau and. Um, Zach Thomas sent me a, a personalized autograph thing and it, it was all based on because I was, you know, I was, I was kind of, I, I would send them programs like a lot of times with the cat board, they'd say, Hey, what else can we do with this? You know, um, yeah, like, yeah. uh, junior sale who was a linebacker. Um, he had, he had a long history of ankle injuries, which most, most football players do, especially pros, you know, if they've been in there for any time at all, foot and ankle injuries are just prevalent. Yeah. Um, so we worked out a, a special training thing for him and gave him some ideas. And he sent me a signed football, you know, said, um, thanks for all your help, your buddy, Junior Seau, um, <laughs> which was cool. You know, you're going, that's yeah, awesome. Of course. Yeah, that's awesome. But, but unfortunately, from a business perspective, you, you can't, you can't market with that. You know, you no. can't put his picture on anything like that. So the truth of the matter is, you know, I wasn't charging any more for a professional team as I was for a high school team. So even though it was really awesome in a, in a, a, a big feather in your cap, you're st- you know, money-wise, there's only what, I think there was 28 or 30 football teams. It, that's not a lot of cat boards, you know? Right, so, right. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, moving forward, the, the, the inventing thing just, I, I loved it. It was like, I could just, um, I could just let my creativity go. You know, 
and this ADD type, you know, where you're just in, and that's what I've always said for me personally. And I, I know I've said on here multiple times, I have ADD. I do. I've never seen it as a drawback. I've always, I've always used it as a, you know, kind of a, a perk, so to speak. Um, because that, that, that ability to multitask, you know, was paramount for this, right? Yeah. You got multiple things going on. You, you know, I, I remember thinking when I was working on solving a problem, you know, coming at it from an angle that nobody else has really thought about, you know, come up with a completely original take on it. Yeah. And, and that was important to me because I, like I said, I didn't want to just reproduce what other people had done before. I wanted to try to improve and, and do something unique, right? Right. Um, yeah. so, so that was a big part of it. And, and so going back to when people would say, well, how do you do that? It just, that's just who I am. You know, you don't, you don't really do it. You just are, you know, you don't really try to do it. You just do it. You're just doing sense? it. Yeah. You're just in the midst of it. So what, so what happened with cat strength? What was okay. The... So, so, so the, the business was building. Um, yes. I was, I was making more, more, um, connections and, but still, uh, the internet was still fledgling. Okay. So most of the sales were still magazine driven. Okay. okay and okay. An, also what that meant was you had to go on site. You had to go to these shows. I was, Cardin, one year I was gone, I think 18 weeks. Ooh. Okay. And, you know, like I said, married, three little kids. Um, and, and I was expanding out. I'd been up to Toronto a couple of times. I, um, was, I, I had been to the professional hockey show a couple of times, um, football. I was, I was invited to the, um, NFL combine. I, we've talked about that, um, actually yeah. twice. And that was to showcase products. So, I mean, the, the company was growing. And then in 2000, um, Nikki was diagnosed with, uh, breast cancer. Mm. So that, that was like this, you know, bitch slap from life um, and just kind of put the brakes on everything, right? Yeah. Um, because obviously, as I've expressed, I was gone a lot and yeah. we had the three little kids and, and the time consumption was, I mean, you can just imagine, you know, I, and, and I'm not flying to all those shows. A lot of them were, you know, I'm packing up a car and like I had a friend that was down in Omaha, Nebraska, I'd drive to Omaha and he had the van and we'd load up his van and then take off for a show in, you know, Indianapolis or, well, because you, you had know. so much product. Is that why you just, you <laughs> well, just yeah, so much. yeah, yeah. You can't, it would break you trying to fly everything around, you know, and then right. you have your, your big backdrop, um, came with these huge plastic cases, you know, it's it just, it's a foreign, it, it even seems foreign talking about it now because it, it was what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. I remember one time, I'll get back to the, the, the business, but one time we went to a show in, in San Francisco and it was, it was run by the union and they were jerks. They, they, they would not, they would not even allow you to haul your own stuff up in, in the hotel. It was at a, it was at a hotel convention center. Okay. Yeah. So what they would do is these union guys would meet you as soon as you pulled up and they'd say, what do you need us to get? And it wasn't optional. And they were charging you an arm and a leg, right? God. Yeah. Well, so Les, this friend of mine, he's the one that we loaded up his van and drove out to San Francisco. Yeah. We're like, well, shit, you know, we're going to spend, literally we'll spend $2,500 just paying these guys to get us set up. Yeah. And the booth had already cost us, I think it was close to 4,000. You got to remember, this Ooh. is, this is, 2002, 2003. So it wasn't that long. It was expensive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so we said, well, screw that. So we went around and I saw um, the kitchen elevator 
And so I, I went over and I scoped it out. And of course, they're oversized because you're hauling up, you know, yeah, right, equipment. Right, right. And right, we, right, right. So we, we backed our van into this, this little corridor and we unloaded all of our stuff into this kitchen elevator. And we, we, we hauled it all up because this kitchen elevator came out in the back. So in all of the floors in the convention center, there's access for the kitchen help, right? Because well, they don't want yeah, you hauling yeah. all yeah, this yeah, stuff yeah. through the convention. Yeah, so you so, haul it to the back, and that's where they yep. deliver the food so, and the whole thing. Yeah, of course. But here's the funny thing. So Les and I, uh, we'd, we'd have all this stuff packed in this elevator, and it had to open like at every door. And so it would open, and all these kitchen workers would stop and look at us, and then it would slowly close. Uh-huh. And then we'd go up to the next floor, open up <laughs> and do the same uh-huh. thing, you know. And yeah. nobody said anything. And I, and I always, always say, act like you know what you're doing, and people will just believe you. And it's true. I just acted like, hey, we're we're getting this stuff up and you know and and so we we hustled all of our stuff. We didn't pay a dime for the for the, the okay, I have work. To, I have to share the story about this cuz it's we have a, a, a you know uh Randy Graham, right? He told mm-hmm. me a story one time about him going to the Olympics and, and I know it was on the West Coast. He was seeing track and field. I can't remember exactly where it was. Um but he ended up just kind of an, an happenstance that, well, it wasn't happenstance if you know Randy. I think he figured this out, that the U.S. team track suits were done by like Adidas or, or Nike or something oh. like that, right? <laughs> yeah. And he bought the exact same ones. He he, he was able to found it, find it. So oh, he geez. one day decides to go for it, puts on the track suit, and then is literally just walks through all of these layers of security <laughs> and it's down, <laughs> down on the track like... Literally that's in the funny. middle of the track, watching the the Olympics uh, as oh, all these funny. people are running all around. See, and that's I think it was exactly in a qualifier, a but he the, he said the exact same thing. Yeah, I just pretended like I had every right to be there, yep. and, and just yep. walked down onto the onto the track. Well, and, and, and that it. Was, actually, I mean, that's the thing you just you do. So so anyway, uh, you know, back back to the the inventing part. So so when Nikki was diagnosed with cancer, um, yep. it was stage three. Um, actually stage 3B, which means it had metastasized. So um, it was very, very, very serious. Um, and I knew that I was done. I, I just knew. And the the way that the internet was, it, it, it <clears throat> like I said, you still had to go to the shows, right? Yeah. yeah. Everything was still magazine driven and, and personal. You had to meet people. So we kept fulfilling orders for a while and some companies kept carrying it out. But um, I wasn't at the shows. I, I, I wasn't out picking up new vendors and stuff. Um, and over the course of, you know, three, four years, it just kind of, it kind of waned off. And finally I just quit it altogether. There, there was a couple other things. The cost of plastic took a drastic, um, jump. And so, you know, was that because of demand all of a sudden it was in everything? Well, no, it was more of a petroleum thing. I, I, I don't remember. Oh, it wasn't with me. Okay. It was plastic in general. So the cost yeah. of doing the boards got quite a bit. And then the company that was doing them for me got very busy. So it, the turnaround was a lot slower. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, there was just, there was just things that made it easier for me to go, you know what, this is okay. And yeah. Nikki, Nikki and I, um, you know, she fought, oof, it was over a year, um, that it was all we could do just to get her through her cancer. I mean, it was, it was truly a year from hell. 
No, um, I want to, um, we, we need to, I, I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm going over this because sure. of what I want to say is we need to do a, an entire episode on nothing but that battle. Um, cause I, yeah. I've heard you kind of talk about it before and yeah. getting the kind of the details and how you approach everything I think would be fascinating. But, yeah. um, so, so that being said, you know, that's kind of the end of the cat strength, but how was inventing still something that you were, you know, quote unquote right. nerding out with now? Right. Well, the, 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 the way it kind of ended up was, um, it just kind of withered away. It wasn't a big, big explosion or implosion, just the orders got less and less. Um, and, and everybody knew that was the thing and, and people felt bad. They really did. I, I had people reach out to me and matter of fact, the, the trainer for the Miami dolphins, um, he and I got to be kind of friends and, and he would always send cards with the team and, and stuff. And he'd always, you know, touch base and stuff. And, um, always ask how Nikki was doing and stuff. And it, I mean, yeah. they knew and, and cause it was like, you know, I, I, you know, when I went to these shows and stuff, I just, I was very social. I had a lot of friends and networked with a lot of people. And then all of a sudden I was just gone and people were like, well, what happened? You know, what, where, where to go? So when the word kind of got out, what was going on, people were supportive, but you know, you just, you, you just couldn't disappear and expect things to, to keep going. To continue um, on, yeah. Well, I had right. zero interest in traveling anymore. It, it, you know, Cardin, it's just, it's even hard to, um, it's hard to even convey you know, how, how focused we were, you know, uh, right. just because, you know, you, you had to, right. You didn't, you didn't have any other options. So, right. so the business wasn't even a consideration. I mean, as, as much as you say, God, you know, all the time and the heart and you put into it and the blood, sweat and tears, but yeah, it, it didn't even compare. So, so it was not a hard decision. Um, yeah. you know, so, so to your question about inventing, so, I, I took a hiatus for a while. You know, we, we, um, I quit my job at the hospital in Lewistown. Um, Nikki and I decided that we wanted to move back to my hometown where our ranch was. Um, so we came back here. Um, I didn't really do anything with inventing for, for years. Now, I, I did have kind of a funny occurrence happen. A company got a hold of me. Um, this is a company called Metadyne out of, out of Dallas, Texas. And they said, hey, we, we were interested in buying your cat board. We understand you're, you know, you're not out anymore, but we really like it. Um, and we'd like to invite you to come down to Dallas to put on a presentation. Okay. So I did. And, and the, the, when I talked to the guy, he says, oh, you know, and if you have any other things we haven't seen, bring them down. We, we like your designs. So I did. I, I took the catboard down there and a couple other things. And I had a new product that I had just launched just when Nikki got sick. And it, it was called the Core Stretch. And it was mm. a kind of a traction device meant for stretching out your lower backs, right? And oh, okay. you can, okay. you can actually, you can still buy it on Amazon. Um, but so I, I took that down and they'd never seen it before. We, we had just started getting it out for users. And a friend of mine was a professional caddy for golfing. Uh, there was a professional golfer named Rory Sabatini and Kevin was his caddy. And he, yeah, of course, okay. he knew all these different people. So he took one of my core stretches and he showed it to a bunch of golfers and they really liked it. Uh, matter of fact, a couple of them, we, we ended up selling them, you know, uh, core stretch units for themselves. So, so the promise was really good. The golfers were like, this is awesome. Low back is a big problem. Flexibility. Um, yeah. Anyway, long story short, Metadyne, I showed them that design at our meeting. They loved it. And we went into negotiation. They ended up buying the patent. Um, now I'd written at that point, I'd written, uh, two patents. 
Um, and uh, then I did another one with Metadyne, although um, it was not published under my name because I, I once the product got to a certain point, they basically took over the patent writing process. So, oh, okay. Um, okay. So okay. I, I, you know, unofficially I've written three, but. Um, so anyway, they bought the, the core stretch, um, lock, stock and barrel. They bought the, the corestretch.com. They bought the, the trade name, the trademark, they bought the patent and everything. Um, and then they, they wanted me to go on a few shows with them, you know, just to kind of demonstrate and stuff. So we negotiated a good contract. And then the other thing was they said, we would like to, you know, in the future, hire you to work on, um, custom products for us. So that was kind of my my salvation of sorts with the inventing. Because here's the thing, you know, I, I, I knew what it was like to just sit down and invent something, right? Yeah. yeah. And you go, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invent something, okay? But that's the easy part, like I keep saying. The hard part is manufacturing, all the, the business end of it, networking with people, getting people right. to carry your product. And they, they were going to take all that away for you. All of it. All of it. Which is awesome. Yeah. They're, exactly they're like, what basically we're, we're hoping for. It. We're going to take this to China. We're going to get this manufactured. And, you know, we signed out with the negotiation. There was kind of a two part. There was a, a cash buyout. And then there was also a, um, a royalty. Okay. And, and patents mostly these days, especially are done with royalties. Okay. Gotcha. And, okay. and you just negotiate a royalty and we did. And so the royalty in my case is, goes for the life of the patent, which is usually about 17 years. Okay. okay. And then, you know, so quarterly you just, you just get a check and it says, oh yeah, here's your, here's your, your, your royalties for this quarter and off you go. Yeah. Um, so it, it worked out good for me because I got the benefit of, you know, being creative and working with them, but I didn't have, you know, the, the, the hassle I'll say of having to go around to all the shows and travel and negotiate with stuff. Um, and it and it it worked for me because also our kids were still young, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, so you know it was one of those things that you have, and I and I tried consulting a little bit, Carden, um, but that was tough too, you know, because I had learned a lot, I had learned a ton, you know, and I felt like I had a lot to offer people, um, and I actually even talked to a, a lady with the governor's office, and they were interested in hiring me. Um, they had a. Um, innovation, a new wing of the, of the, the state. And it was kind of this innovation. Um, you know, I, I guess I can't even remember what it was called, but it was dedicated to innovation and, and it was all for people in the state and they were interested in maybe hiring me to, to be involved with that. But, um, it just, it, you know, I, I, I didn't really want to spend the time cause I had my other retail sporting goods store and I was coaching yeah. and stuff yeah. and it would have been a, I would have had to travel a lot again. It would have been a big disruption. Um, and cause they wanted you literally to travel around the state and set up, you know, these, these, um, kind of, uh, you know, town hall type meetings with, with people oh, okay. and stuff. Okay. So, okay. you know, it was different. Um, so that, that didn't really gel. So I, I was, I was content, um, just raising my kids. And, and like I said, you know, I, I, I had some businesses and I was doing other things. Um, and it was fine. I wonder if, um, around, because the this might sound like a strange question is around i know you do a lot of work on the ranch right and you got a lot of stuff going on over there do you have inventions that are lying around the ranch that <laughs> yes. you have created just for getting your work done around the ranch that are nothing for commercial but you just go hmm, yes this yes. Need, okay so what are some of these i, I would consider these the mad scientist things yeah 
Yeah, actually, okay, so funny story. When, when I envisioned my business growing, um, I wanted a facility just to have full of tools, right? So I could just go in there and create. And in my yeah. head, it was, it was the mad lab. Right, because yeah, you yeah, just yeah, said yeah. mad scientist, and yeah. and now I have it. You know, you you've seen it. I I built the yep. shop, and yep. it is my mad lab. It is, it is and I'm, I'm, yep. I'm still putting tools in it, but it is the place to just go and create, and then have the capability without having to, you know, to get a hold of various companies. I, I you know everything I'm doing is stuff that I can do myself. You know, I'm not having to yeah, send it out. Right. So um, fencing, I've done, I've done a couple different fencing products. I actually have a fencing system right now, and I really like it. Um, I mean, yeah, it, I won't go into it, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I've invented yes. a couple different a thing for tightening wire. Um, yeah, because because again, you're out working and you're putting right. a barbed wire fence, and and like yeah. I said, invention is just it's you know it's the you know it's necessity because you have a problem. You know, one inventor said, if you want to be an inventor, just think of three things that suck and come up with an, you know, a, a solution right, for it. Right, 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 right. Um, but I, I've invented a way to roll up barbed wire. Um, and when I say invented, some of this is, it's been done before. I just put my unique spin on it. Um, you know, people have been rolling up barbed wire for a long time. I just, I figured out a different way of doing it. Right. Um, it doesn't and cut then, your hands up so bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so I have. Um, and then recently, actually, I guess since you asked, um, I'm still working with Metadyne, and we just completed the proof of concept for a uh, shoulder rotator cuff um, stretching device. Nice, and I got the the chance to use that. Yes, your, you did. Your, your most recent iteration, and I'll tell yes. you what, it works super yeah. well. <laughs> well, they're, they are very excited about it. And here's the thing, and I, I'm I'm just going to say this: they, you know, we we worked together years ago, and we kind of lost touch for probably four or five years, just mainly because I, I was busy and I wasn't doing anything. And, and, and Craig, the, the guy down there would once in a while send me a, a Christmas card and say, Hey, you know, when you're ready to come back to work, let me know. And, and I just, you know, Hey, Hey, ha ha. Um, and then he sent me a serious email here, um, a year ago and he goes, we really need to do something for shoulders. And I said, well, I have a, and, and he sent me a link of a product that's out there on the market. And he goes, this is a terrible product. We need something better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I sent him back and I go, well, Craig, I've, I've had an idea for years. I said, you, I mean, are you interested? He's like, yeah. So, so I literally sent him, um, a 20 second video of me working with this terrible, awful prototype. It was, you know, it's just bent aluminum was all it was. Yeah. And he's just like, Oh my God, we got to, you know, we got, so boom, he's just, next thing I know I'm, I'm working with a mechanical engineer, getting the drawings done. And, yeah. and this guy's like, um, you know, I, I guess to pat my own back, he goes, now, are you an engineer? And I said, no, I'm not. And he goes, well, who does your engineering? And I go, me, I go, me. And he goes, you're kidding me. And I said, no, I, I was too poor to afford an engineer. You know, I wasn't paying an engineer. Are you kidding yeah, me? Those guys right. are expensive. I couldn't even pay a guy to do my videos. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even get my wife to help me. So yeah. no. So I, I just, um, and, and my wife, Nikki, has said several times, you know, you should have been an engineer. But I, I don't necessarily think that because not being an engineer hasn't prevented me from designing anything. It, it, it right, definitely right. would give me a knowledge base. I'm not saying it wouldn't be a benefit. I'm saying it wasn't a necessity. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so now I get to work with an engineer and, and he gets to, to run through all the CAD, you know, the, the drawing of the 3d and all that stuff. Um, and I just get a, I just get to create, you know, and you that's, and that's it. awesome. Yeah, it is. What's this product it, called? Um, it, you know, actually it doesn't really have a, a formal name. Cat I always, 
cat yeah. bar. <laughs> I always kind of throw a name on these things. And, and actually, the, the, the iteration you saw was the second one. Okay. Um, the okay. first one, they liked, and we sent down a proof of concept and some physical therapists use it, and they had some, some constructive feedback. And it didn't really jive with that design, so I went back to the, you know, the drawing table um, yeah. and redid another one. And they're, they're, they're really happy with it. So we're hoping. Um, right now, they're at the stage where they're getting some manufacturing set up overseas. Um, and so, and, and the reason, because I've said this two, two different times about overseas, is um, I did all my manufacturing in the U.S. when we were doing it. But I yeah. will say that um, it was three times cheaper when they went to, to China. Actually, it was okay. Taiwan. They went to Taiwan. So, I mean... Were the U.S. ones better? Yeah, they were, but the the Taiwanese ones were still functional and they were much cheaper. So that that wins, unfortunately. Right. So, yeah. Of course. Um, so so anyway, so where it's at today is um, I get to do this stuff um, and work with them. Um, I, I patent attorneys now have have become, I guess more affordable. So I haven't had to do any patent writing, which I don't like to anyway. It'd be, it'd right. be much better to hire an attorney. But um, so, yeah. And, and I guess, you know, kind of where I wanted to go with, with this talk, part of it was, um, you know, people that um, invent something or want to... So this is my educational component. You, you want to know what I learned, Carden? Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, number one thing is, um, you know, be realistic. Um, Everybody loves their ideas. Uh, and you need to, if you come up with something and you really think it's a solid idea, um, put it in front of other people, you know, and just see what they think and, and be open to what they say. You know, don't go in there and be offended if, if somebody doesn't really like your idea. Right, um, right. And the other thing is that I learned is you don't have to patent everything. Uh, there is a lot of great, very um, financially successful products that were not patented. Um, and the reason for that was that the people just jumped on. They were the first ones in line. And there's a lot to be said about being the first one. Yeah, Okay. right, right. Um, so, so if you really get a good idea and you can get the proof of concept, at that point, you really have to decide, do I want, you know, how far do I want to go with this? Do I want to manufacture it? Do I, you know, do I want to really get into this business 100% or would I be okay to, you know, let somebody else do the heavy lifting and I just get a little bit, you know, money yep. every quarter or something. Yep. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, each person has to decide. But, but one thing I learned early on was um, you definitely do not have to patent everything because it's expensive, you know, and it takes um, usually around two to three years, if not longer. Oh, um, to get the patent. Yep to get the patent. And if you have a really good idea and you really think it's a good idea, you can do a provisional patent um, with, the, with the USPTO, the United States Patent and Trademark Office, and it will protect your idea for one year. It is not an official patent. It is not a utility patent. It's not a design patent. It's just what they call provisional. And it protects your idea. And from that date, you have one year to file a utility patent. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. okay. So, so what it is, let's say, Cardin, you're at home and you come up with this great idea in your house and you go, I, I need to patent this. You can file a, a provisional patent with rough drawings, a general description, doesn't have to, no lawyer involved, anything. You send it in and that clock starts ticking the day that they send back your postcard that you self-addressed. Yeah. Okay. The clock's ticking. You have one year. And if you don't do anything in a year, you just can't take adv advantage of that, that early prior date right? Because with patents, it's all about dates, right? First in line is all the power. 
Oh, gotcha. Okay. So as long as you've started the process and got Great. it. Great. Yep. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. So if you miss the deadline on your provisional, it doesn't mean you can't patent it. It means you can't use that earlier date. And if somebody oh, else saw it, you know. And started doing it and it was prior yep. to your date, then well. Yep. That's and I've, I've had a couple of products that I invented and people, you know, well, they stole them, but I didn't care because they weren't products I was going to do anyway. They were ideas I had. One was, um, and you can still buy these. You can buy these on the internet. Um, when you're backing up trailers, okay, mm -hmm. or when you're backing your pickup up to a trailer, I invented these magnetic telescopic, um, okay, you know a radio antenna, the old radio antennas that, that telescope yep. in and out. So oh, what yes, I did yeah, yeah. was I found a system and they, there was a screw-on magnetic base, right? And then, I, and then I took cat toys, these little rubber balls, and yeah. I put them on the ends. And when yeah. the two balls touched, you're perfectly aligned with your hitch on your ball of your pickup. Yeah. Well, I'm in... Ah, where was I? I was in a, I don't know if it was a Home Depot or someplace. And lo and behold, here is that exactly. I mean, they didn't even, they even had the cat balls on there. They were just yellow. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I'm like, awesome. hmm, that's weird. Yeah, I've that's, seen that somewhere. Yeah, mm. I've seen that somewhere. And, you know, and I would network out with inventors. I don't know who did it. I, I looked on the, on the company. Somebody got the idea, patented it, and probably sold it. Um, but it, it didn't bother me because again, I, I had so many different ideas and, you know, I felt like I can't chase all these down, you know? Well, right, right. And might as well, Hey, and part of it, you want the product out there cause it's solving a problem. So if, yep. better than just sitting on a shelf or at least somebody's yep. using it for good. Well, exactly. I, I really didn't. And, and I know some people would hear this and go, oh, he's, you know, he's full of crap, but I, I'm not. And I, I still actually have the original prototype. So, but, but another thing I want to say about people inventing or, or, or you know, tying it into business there has probably never been a better time to do this kind of work, to, to, to be creative and be an inventor. Um, the internet has completely transformed this um, whole, you know, this horror story I described about vans driving, you know, 1,500 miles across country and, and union guys, you know, bleeding you dry to, to right, haul right, your equipment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's all null and void now. There's still trade shows, but with the, with the internet and YouTube and social media, you don't have to do that. As a matter of fact, I've said over and over, if I, des if I decide to design products for you know, anything, it'll be for Consumer Direct. It'll be, it'll be for you know, Jane Doe and, and John Doe. Okay. Gotcha. Put it um, online and whoever needs it, yep, grab it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the, medical, the medical field, there's a ton of money there, but let me tell you, it's a slow process, right? Um, and well, I wouldn't... You got to make sure you're not ripping people's shoulders out, I guess. Yeah, there's a, yeah right. I had $2 million worth of liability on, on everything I did, you know, and that gets yeah. expensive. Um, but, but no, I, I just have, have completely seen this from a different perspective is um, the consumers, and, and you know what, consumers... They don't have to see peer-reviewed studies to know if something works, right? They they don't they're not these, con, you know, in some cases condescending professionals that want to show you how smart they are. Consumers just want something that works. That right? works, yeah, it yeah, works for them and, for their, and their problem. Yep, exactly. And so you you can like I said, you can still get on Amazon.com and the the product is called Core Stretch. Um, and it does work. And, and I, I was so happy with that because it does exactly what it was supposed to do. It, it, it's helped a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I've had so many people that when we were selling them would reach out to us and, and just tell us their story about how it's helped them with their, their pain. Low back pain is a, is a monster, you know? Um, yeah. so anyway, with that one in particular was, was kind of the one that, that I think, and again, with, with, 
having sold it, I have zero control over how it's marketed or the the, the direction it's going, anything like that. So, well, I have to admit, I just looked it up on Amazon. I was really hoping I was going to see a video of you using it. On there. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Hey, I was on I was on QVC. I was on QVC with that. No way. Yes, I was. I oh. yep. I was on QVC for people that you know. That's the home shopping network thing. Or it, well, it's not. It's the the competitor, the home shop shopping network. But yeah, yeah the yeah. the core stretch. I that that's a whole nother episode in itself because that was such a that was so funny. Um, but oh, yeah, so that it, it, is awesome. But yeah, I gotta find that footage. I don't know how. I'll I don't YouTube, think you can, to. dude. I don't think you can. And that was with a different company too. So uh, that whole thing just yeah, that was right out of a. <laughs> kind of a dream and nightmare. It's how it oh, ended up. Oh, yikes. But, I can't even imagine. No, but but anyway, so I guess kind of putting a closer on this, um, you know, the, 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 people, the, the people that I talk to that have these ideas, um, you know, because, you know, it's just, it, it, it's like when you, like I said, when you come up with an idea, if you're not an inventor, but somebody who invents something, right? You come up with an idea and you think this is awesome. And yeah. I love that. The problem is, it's, there's usually just so many, and, and when I kind of, you know, when I would consult with people, it was kind of a downer because the reality is there's a lot of negative stuff there. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying just be aware of what you're getting yourself into, truly, you know, um, and hey, a lot of people have made successful products and they've done it. Um, it just can be a long, you know, for every one you see that's successful, there's a lot that aren't. You know, that are out there just grinding and yeah. working. And, yeah. and you have to be committed. I mean, in order to really have a chance at success, you have to be committed to doing it. You know, like I said, we, we logged a lot of hours, you know, and, and I mean, just again, you know, the, what we had to do to get, even get the limited success we did, um, it was a lot of work, yeah. you know, yeah. but I still say that's not a reason not to do it. Just know what you're in for. And, and again, with the, with the social media thing, it is a completely different animal that way, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, you got to set realistic expectations, right? And be, yep. be just with everything else, realistic expectations. Yeah. Yep. You, you, uh, and, and you look at things like Etsy and things like that. There are outlets for creative people to oh, certainly. do yeah. things. Um, yeah. but again, it's like, yeah, making a pair of earrings is cool, but what if you got an order of 5,000? You're, you're right. like, right. F this. And word of mouth is strong. So you got to make sure that you're doing everything you can by the customer. <laughs> you know, that's true and yeah. true. Cause people will, will go, uh, through hell to write a bad review. But you know, if yep. they, people that love a product, they might not ever mention it. Yeah. Well, and and the other thing is too, like I said before, is if I do a product again, like I, I've developed two board games. Okay. And one of them I really, really like, and we, we did it, you know, did a full prototype, the full working thing. Everybody that played it liked it. So then I started looking into marketing board games and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I just, I don't have the energy. I, don't I really do don't. That oh all. my God. It's a, it's a whole nother world of its own. Then you're going to all the game shows and oh, and man. all this stuff and in these these toys and games uh, trade shows and 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 again, like I said, you you, you want to get on the internet, but but in order to get other people to carry your products, you still have to go in front of them. They're yeah. not going to just look at a YouTube video and go, yeah, that's good. So if your goal is to sell it directly, do it YouTube or or Amazon or whatever. Amazon, if your yeah. goal is to have other people carry it for you, you're going to have to go to the trade shows. Be prepared to be on the road. Yeah. Exactly. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But then again, I, I, I look at a problem and I go, ah, 
I'm ready for somebody else to solve this thing. It'll be nice to have a, a, a product. <laughs> Let me go on Amazon. I'm sure there's something already out there. I wish there was uh, this thing. Whatever. Let's see who else can invent that. Yeah. Well, I, and I had a lot of people tell me, you know, you need to be on Shark Tank, right? And, and I would love to, except for now they've kind of changed it where you have to have a pretty successful product to get on yeah, there. You know, because, you, well, you're selling them to invest in your business, not yes. invest in an invention. Yeah, right. And totally when they first started different. it, you could go in there with an idea on a napkin and they were listening. Now they don't do that. So, and again, and again, it, it comes back to truly, I like my life, you know, um, in order to take something like that on that would have to be your new life. And I'm just not there, you know? And, and oh, yeah. you know, we're empty nesters. Our, our youngest one is 21. And it gives me a lot more time to do this kind of stuff, um, to be creative and kind of, but again- but you're not that, ready for a whole new venture. Not to again. commit, and because that's what it would take. You know, I guess that's yeah. the bottom line I'm trying to, to convey is, you know, if you want to be successful and if you really want to do it, you have to be committed. Yeah. And that's a big, you know, that's a big step. Yeah, huge step. Well, so, it sounds great. I mean, your journey is incredible. There's a lot of a lot of side <laughs> stories and tangents yeah. we've got to ask. Um, but the the invention piece, and I have seen the Mad Lab, and it's pretty incredible what you got going on there. And the fact that you have that, to, so you can have a spark an idea and then go, okay, I can actually put this I, into I, practice I, and yeah. make this product. That's a big deal. I mean, that's that's half the battle right there. It so is it's pretty pretty awesome. It is. It, it's a double edged sword. I was just at a, a place. <laughs> I was just in a store today picking up some fencing supplies and I saw this hack of a of a product. I'm like, okay. And next thing you know, Carden, literally, I'm in the aisle next to it in the hardware aisle looking for parts that I could redesign this thing and make a you better one. I'm like, I'm like I, I literally caught myself going, what the hell are you doing? Okay. And I put parts back on the thing and I'm like, I got to get out of here. You know, get out of here quick. You, you, yeah. You, you don't just turn it on and turn it off. It's like just, no, you're just looking happens. at that going, that's a terrible design. Who engineered this? That's terrible. <laughs> well, God, to the mad lab. <laughs> To the Mad Lab we go. Quick, Cade. To the Mad Lab. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yes. great. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, well, yeah. So that was fun. I mean, that yeah, that, that was my that was my nerd out, dude. Well, that's um, that's awesome, and, and clearly you're still nerding out about it, just like I am about running, which is incredible. Yeah. And, and I think actually, I remember um, on my episode that I had to introduce the monkey moment, and I think you've got one prepped for us, but I you do. have to do the introduction. I do. And I, and I will say also, uh, talk about nerding out. Um, I told you beforehand, guess where I'm going next week? Oh yeah. To the convention, right? The Fab Tech convention, which is the metal fabrication show, uh, in North America. It's the largest metal fabrication related show in North America. So I get to go geek, cool. geek out with a bunch of uh, metal fab people. So yes. Oh man, I, I can't I, imagine what those conversations are going to be like. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot yeah, of fun. I got a forge. I got a forge <laughs> in my house. Yeah, I no built a deal. forge. That's all right. Yeah. All right. Well, are you ready? Ready. Here yeah, you go. I'm ready. Mon- monkey moment. Do it. <laughs> yeah. See, yours are so much better than mine. <laughs> no, they're not. And, I feel like yes. it was Santa Claus. That was Santa no, Claus. No, no, no. That was a oh, monkey. Oh, 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 Unmistakable oh. monkey. Might have been a Santa <laughs> monkey, but it was a monkey, no doubt. And it, yeah, I, I've got to up my monkey game if I've got a chance. Uh, all right, buddy. Bring it. Bring it. Okay. So, so uh, I have a monkey moment question. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Does money bring you happiness? Oh. Uh, uh, that's a tough question. Uh, does money bring you happiness? No. I mean, I, I think no has to be 
an answer. But I, I also know that a certain amount of financial comfortability removes a lot of stressors. A lot of people are very stressed by finances on a consistent yep. basis. So if you can find a way to mentally get into a place where um, finances aren't stressing you, um, then yeah, you can certainly be happy without money. Most definitely. Uh, it's a, it's a reprioritization, I think, but it's yeah. tough, especially in our society. What yeah. Well, I, I think that is the classic thing where, you know, what, you know, what society wants you to say. No, right. not at all. That's not, money is not important. And your health is important, your, your family, but there's a reality to it too. Okay. Right. Exactly. Um, it's no fun being broke. You know, right. it's, it's no fun um, having to worry about where your rent payment or your car payment's going to come from or your mortgage or, you know, how you're going to pay for your kids' school clothes and things like that. That's, that's no fun. No. And you can have a situation where you've got a lot of love in your family and stuff, but you still have to meet your financial obligations. Well, right? you're right. You still and still have to meet for sure. And, and you know, and this is going to sound maybe a little harsh, but I've seen people use that adage as kind of an excuse for not pushing themselves to, to become more successful financially. Yeah. Hey, money, you know, they, money doesn't buy happiness, right? Well, it, it, it can though. It, it can. It, it can buy happiness in the sense of security and well, like security you said, to be comfortable. Yes, yes, stability. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've seen people that kind of throw the white flag and go, oh, I'm never going to be you know, rich. It's not about being rich, but it's about having enough money to, you know, to meet your needs and, and right. then some, you know, to have a savings and things like that. Um, so so I, I guess to me, it's not the sole thing about being happy, but no. it, it is part of it, you know. Um, and, and like I said, it, it's the word money is where I think people get off. But, but what does money give us in our society? You know? Security and stability. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you look at the, a lot of the other things you said, they, they are a result of being able to, you know, economically be able to provide those types of things. So, yeah, yeah well, it is. It's a, it's a double-edged sword for sure. Because well, what can happen to, too easily is that you seek it out too much. It becomes your happiness and then you don't find fulfillment. Right. I would say, I would say that money's not, uh, I, I would say the better question is, is, is money fulfilling? I think is a better question because- yeah it won't fulfill you. Yeah. Right. Um, can it, can it bring certain happiness and joy? It has the ability to for sure, but is it going to fulfill you? I don't think it ever yeah. will. Well, and, and the thing is like, if you look back what I said initially that my goal when I started my inventing was to build a business that my kids could work at. Right. It was never about driving a Mercedes. It was never about a huge house. It was about right. making money with the company to put back in the company, provide jobs for my kids in a place that they could work and, and that kind of stability. It's generational wealth, right? Yeah. yeah. And and that's what that's what I really wanted. And you know, so so again, you need money to build a mad lab, right? You need money to build that facility and to buy tools. It's not you're obsessed with the money, and it's not that I couldn't be happy without the lab, but if yeah. I'm an inventor, the ability to to build a place to be an inventor at is, you know, an incredibly satisfying thing, you know. Um, but I, I mean, it's just like I said, it, it to me, it has more to do with the mindset on what's the money about. You yes, know? right. 
Right. So, yeah, I don't know. But but again, like I said, society wants to say, no, money's not important. And yeah, money, that's exactly. Yeah. Money isn't everything, you know, and, and it isn't everything. Uh, it's a course. complicated question. It's complicated. Yes. It's caveated. It's got layers. It's like an onion. Yes, it is. Well, okay, buddy. So uh, we are out. Uh, we will be recording a little bit later next week. Yep. Um, but after that, um, we are back on schedule. Back on schedule. Yep. Looking and staring down the, the, the path to, to 50. The half yeah, it's it's going to be here before you know it. Yeah, I know. Mean, well, okay, buddy. Episode 41 in the books. In the books. Complete. Okay. And until next time, Cardinal. Good night. Until next time, Blair. Good night.